So let's start, go ahead and start reading in verse 10. And notice it says, The days of our years are three score and, uh, years and ten. By reason of strength, they be four score years, yet is it soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And right here in this passage, the psalmist is basically just uh, pointing out the fact that, you know, we don't have that much time. You know, our years are numbered. Our days are numbered. And typically, you get three score and ten. And if by reason of strength, if you go beyond that, uh, you know, you've done good. You're strong. And you're, you're still here. And he mentions, because of this, he says, teach us to number our days. And what does he mean by numbering your days? Is that just a matter of uh, keeping track and knowing how long you lived? Well, obviously, it's more than that. It's about making sure that we're using them wisely because we do. We have a limited amount of days. We've got limited time on this earth. And what we do with this life, it definitely matters. and is very important. And uh, I believe it is something that we ought to take serious. And when you're young, uh, a lot of times we just think, I got all the time in the world. And then the next thing you know, it's like all these years have passed and it's like, what happened? And then you start thinking about all the stuff you missed out on and uh, it can be kind of an overwhelming thing sometimes. And, you know, it is. It's, it shocks me sometimes when people ask me my age. I'm like, 41? I'm, I'm not used to that. Uh, it's, that, seems, that seems old. And, you know, and according to this passage, I'm probably halfway done. And that's if I'm strong. You know, I'm halfway done. And so, you know, I feel pretty strong right now, but I'm getting to the age where those feelings are probably going to start changing real quick. So, uh, either way, we do. We have a limited amount of time. It's going to come. It's going to go quickly. And so, he wants, he says here to God, you know, help us to number our days so we can apply our heart to wisdom. We want to get the best from the time we have. And so, when you stop and think about it, Time is one of the most valuable things in the world, yet it's also one of the most wasted things in the world. I mean, look at what people will do. Look at how much people would pay to just get more time. Why do they do that? Because time is valuable. Life is a precious thing. It's very valuable. And, but yet, at the same time, we waste so much of it doing absolutely nothing or things that are absolutely worthless. And so, to kind of put all this in perspective, though, when it comes to life, and about using our time wisely, about numbering our days, I want to do uh, use things involving the family because obviously this is very important and goes with what we're talking about. So, Because I don't think we're ever going to understand until it's too late how important certain times are in our family life. And sadly, because our t- uh, you know we use our time so poorly, we often end up missing many great opportunities. We, uh, we miss opportunities to... You know, for very key times in people's lives, especially with our children, to help them in ways that are going to matter for the rest of their life. And we've just got to understand when it comes to time, we have to manage it. Just like, hopefully, you do with your money. And I have to say, hopefully, you do with your money, because a lot of people today, they don't manage their money either. And so, what we're going to, what I want to do today, I want to talk about time and money. Because one of the same reasons people mismanage their time is because of mismanagement of money. That's why they are so busy working all the time. 
because and, and while their time is all given to work and away from the family, it's because they've gotten themselves in a financial pickle. And so I'm here today to tell you, you know what? I agree with the statement, time is money. And if you don't manage your money well, you're going to have to waste a lot of time, you know, fixing all the mistakes that you made with your money. And I'm all for making money. I hope people are successful when it comes to those things. But at the end of the day, you got to understand that, you know, proper use of time, you know, is more valuable than money. And so if you want to, you should look at money as a tool to help you do the things that are really important. Just don't make it your God and just understand, you know, there's quality time in certain areas is more important. And so, um, it, it all comes down to management and a lot of people, uh, they're literally when it comes to how they handle their money, when it comes to their time are literally what I, the way I put it is just flying by the seat of their pants. In other words, I don't have a plan. We're just doing it. You know, I don't have a, I don't have a schedule. I just get up every morning and do what I need to do. And you know what? Some people do fine flying by the seat of their pants. You know, some people have got enough money. They can fly by the seat of their pants. So they're good enough at making money that they don't have to manage it real well and they'll still be fine. But, you know, some of us, we've just never been gifted in the art of making money. And so we've got to be gifted in the art of managing that money that we do get. You know, because of the fact that, you know, we have limited resource. But at the same time, too, when it comes to time, we all have 24 hours in a day, don't we? But even that, even with that, you know, even though we all have the same amount of time, you know, we all use it differently. And there's some very important things I want to help everyone understand. This go, kind of goes along with what we talked about last week, too. So, um, so you know, because it is, it is possible to make it, to survive, and even be somewhat successful, flying by the seat of your pants, not having a plan or anything like that. But here's the thing, you're, you would always do better to have a plan. And remember the verse we keep going back to in the series, the man who built the tower, he sat down first. He came up with a plan and he counted the cost. And we've got to do the same thing when it comes to our life. I've got one life that I'm going to live here on this earth. I've got one opportunity to raise these kids. I've got to make sure I take advantage of this time I have and I do something with it. You know, we've got eternity ahead of us, but you know what we do in eternity, what we do in Christ's kingdom, the eternal rewards we get, it's based on what we do with this life. So this is a great opportunity. I don't want to waste it. I need to make sure I use it right. And so I want to manage these things good when it comes to my time and with my money. And you've got people that get real spiritual sometimes. I don't even think about, I don't think we even need to worry about money. I just trust the Lord for everything which is just code for I'm lazy and, I, and I'm you know, too irresponsible to be responsible, but I want to make it look like a virtue. So I'm going to say that I'm trusting the Lord. Okay? No, you're not. The you know, Bible does say in Proverbs 21.20, there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. You know, the fool, he's not thinking ahead. You know, the fool is spending everything they have. You know, we see these people you know, going and wasting all their money on lottery tickets and, you know, cigarettes and all the stuff people waste their money on and gas station stuff. We see that kind of thing all the time. And then, you know, you see them driving off in a piece of junk car, you know, or, you know, you've got the people, they can't afford to put decent clothes in their kids, but then they drive a super nice car. It's like, you got some mixed up priorities here. You know, you got a nice car, but your kids are hungry. 
You know, this, this isn't a good thing. And you know what? You know what I'm getting tired of too. I don't understand how this is working. We go to a lot of the housing complexes and stuff. You know, where these people are like all on government aid and stuff, and they all have nicer cars than I do. What's that all about? And it's like, well, I guess if I didn't have a house payment, you know, I could afford a nicer car. But, you know, I think our government needs to be a little more careful with what they do there. But, you know, Bible says in Proverbs 6, 6, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler. An ant does not have anyone telling them what to do. But look what they do. Provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands of sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. An ant has enough wisdom to prepare for what's to come, to prepare for the winter. They don't even have to have anyone tell them to do it. But an ant, it's always out there. It's always working. They are known for working. And, and Solomon here is telling us, you know what, go to them, you sluggard. Look at them. Nobody's got to tell them to go to work. Nobody's got to tell them to prepare for things that we all know is coming. Even the ant knows it's coming. And it's amazing how many people, when it comes to their time, when it comes to their finances, they're never ready for anything. Every year they're in financial turmoil and they're calling the church needing help because their kids aren't going to have a Christmas this year because they haven't got any money. And it's like, well, you know, December 25th comes every year at this time. You know, uh, every year they get blown away because of the big heating bill and stuff. And it's like, how long have you lived in Illinois? We have big, you know, our heating bills go up a lot in the wintertime. They get expensive. Did you not know winter was coming? And the truth is they knew winter was coming, but they made no plans. You know, during the summer, you know, that extra money they could have been setting aside to prepare for the winter. They were spending it all on a party or something. You know, they, they made no attempt to manage anything. And folks, we used to be that, that way financially. We were the kind, we flew by the seat of our pants. We would look at the balance in our checkbook. We would look at our bills. And if we were able to pay those bills, great. And we had money left over. Hey, let's go do something. But then we were always getting shocked by these annual expenses, like license plate stickers. Those used to be, you know, big things every year. It's like, oh man, we don't have money for this. Why not? We have to do that, get those every year, you know, every year on birthdays, you know, we like to get our, have a birthday party for our kids and get them birthday presents and stuff like that. But we, it was always this big emergency. Oh man, we're gonna have to put it on the credit card because, you know, we can't let our kids, you know, not get any birthday presents. They'll be traumatized and, you know, become recovering fundamentalists someday because their mom and dad didn't buy them birthday presents, you know? And so, you know, but it's like, finally, you know what we did? We made a budget where we planned all those things. And so there, there were, it was weird when we first started doing it. And sometimes we had pretty good balances in our, you know, in our pay, um, in the checkbook, you'd see a good number of money in there, but it was like, we can't afford to do anything. We had to consider ourselves broke because I could go on that budget and I could also look a month ahead, a couple months ahead, and I could see red. I was like, we got to save some money over these next weeks because we've got all these bills that are coming. You know, we've got property tax that we got to pay, you know, every year. You know, you've got these annual things. And the thing is, people are just never prepared for those things, but they should be. It's all that comes down to is a lack of planning. And folks, just like we all, and, and you've all been there before, where you've like had these emergencies 
because of stuff that you should have predicted. Well, you know what? It's the same thing when it comes to our time. We need to realize there are some things that we need to plan on making time for when it comes to our family. And if you don't have a plan, guess what? It's just not going to get done. You're not going to have time. Just like if you don't have a plan for your finances, you're going to have, you're going to constantly be having financial emergencies. It's just constantly going to be happening to you. And so it's, it's all about planning. It's all about preparation. And this generation has a very entitled attitude where everyone thinks they deserve to have what everyone else has. That's the attitude people have. But that, folks, that's not reality. And I know our government's trying to make it reality, but it's about their, that's why we have inflation right now. Because our government thinks you should be able to t- tell people to not go to work for several months and people not, aren't going to suffer as a result. No, you tell people they can't go to work, they're going to suffer. And you can't just go and write stimulus checks and think you're not going to, and that's going to fix everything. That doesn't fix everything. What it does is creates inflation. And don't get me going on that. But, you know, some people, we've got to understand, they've worked very hard and they've sacrificed for years to get where they're at. And we have a generation now that feels like a victim if they can't literally just drop everything and do whatever they feel like doing in that moment. Oh, I need a vacation. Okay, you can't afford one. Um, I need a vacation. Oh, yeah, you've only been working at this job for three months. They're not going to give you any time off. Most places you have to work there for a year before you even start earning time off. And yet we've got you know young people today, they do, they just expect to get paid time off for whatever they need. And it, it blows my mind just listening to people sometimes. And, and Christians aren't much different. Just their expectations they have. It's like, I don't know what planet you're living on, but this is, this is the real world. It's not like that in real life. And in America, everyone's constantly looking at what everyone else is doing because of social media. And they're literally trying to copy what they see without seeing everything. So, for example, you know, you have a young lady who maybe she's getting married. She's looking at pictures on social media of another girl get married who has got one of these just super expensive, extravagant weddings. And you know what she says? I want that, too. I should be able to get that, too. Now, the thing is, my daughter, maybe she's seen something like that. And she's like, you know, I want to have a wedding like that girl. But, you know, here's the problem. And I don't think my girls have this attitude. I really hope they don't. And if they do have this attitude, they're in for a rude awakening when they want to get married. But... You know, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not going to be able to afford a massive wedding. All right. And unless something changes drastically, it's just probably not going to happen. And even if something did change drastically, I appreciate my money too much. that I don't know that I'm going to go crazy spending thousands of thousands of dollars for less than one hour ceremony. I don't know. So, you know, I, I don't I, I don't know. But um, I think I think the Mexican culture's got it right where the guy pays for the wedding. That's That's what I think. But, it, you know. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get away with claiming that, but, uh, you know what? If guys can claim to be girls, I can claim to be Mexican. All right. So, uh, I I think I'm adopting, I'm, I'm adopting that culture. But anyway, you know, people, they see that and they want to compete all the time, but you know what? Maybe that girl's got a dad that's really rich. Maybe that girl is a lonely child and doesn't have five more sisters after that. That the dad's got to worry about how to pay for their weddings too. You know, we don't always, we don't always see everything. Another thing too, I've seen this before where girls, they have very nice weddings and their dad went majorly in debt to do that. I don't think that's a good idea. 
I don't know that I don't know that I want to do it. See, we don't see everything that's going on, but yet everybody thinks they got to have what everybody else has. You know, some young guy he sees another guy on social media showing off his fancy car he bought, going to an Ivy League school or whatever, and they think I should be able to do that too. But you know what? That might not be an option for you. You know, maybe that guy comes from a family with a lot of money. Maybe that guy's an idiot and he's getting massive student loans that's going to cripple him for years. You know, we don't know all these, th- you know, all these things. And what Americans need to learn how to do is to look at their financial situation and plan accordingly. You know, and you, you've got, what is it they say? You know, you're on like a caviar and wine diet on a crackers and cheese budget or something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong. But, you know, we, we just, we, we do, we look at ourselves and we think, I should be like upper, upper middle class. When the reality is, if you, we looked at your budget, no, actually you're lower, lower, lower middle class. All right. <laughs> and so, but we don't want to admit that. You know, we don't ever want to admit these things. And so we just do dumb stuff. And you know what? We are the exact same way. If you're that way with your money, you are going to be that way with your time. We all have 24 hours a day. But you know what? We, here's what you've got to understand. Everybody's financial situation is different. And when it comes to time, while we all have 24 hours in a day, we don't all have the same obligations. Okay? And here's what you have to understand too. Nobody made you get the obligations that you have. You chose them and you need to understand you're responsible for these obligations because often people act like victims or that they're an exception to some rule because they have debt. Well, I, you know, I can't tithe. I got this debt. I got that debt. You know, I can't do this. But wait, nobody made you go into debt. You know, nobody, no, you know how many papers you had to sign to go into that debt? You had to, you had to agree to a whole bunch of stuff. You practically had to sell your soul to the devil and sign with blood. I mean, that's about how, uh, how far you have to go these days. But listen, if you're on, if you're in debt, no one made you do that and nobody's mad at you, but you know what? Fulfill your obligation. It says in Deuteronomy 23:21, when thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it, for the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be a sin in thee. But if thou shalt forbear to vow, it shall be no sin in thee. That which has gone out of thy lips, thou shalt keep and perform even a free will offering, according as thou hast vowed unto the Lord thy God, which thou hast promised with thy mouth. You might say, well, this is about vows to God. And it is about vows to God, but you know what? God doesn't want us cheating him, and he doesn't want us cheating other people too. And you don't have to make these promises. You don't have to agree to these things. And, I, and I'm not going to take the time. I wish I had, I, I need a lot more time for this than I'm going to have. But, you know, if, if we can like quickly make a budget in your mind, all right, draw up a fake, bu- you know, kind of a, a fake budget, you need to understand that if you don't have the income to add things to that budget, then you should not add obligations. And when you do, okay, it's, it's wasteful and it's irresponsible. Ultimately, you're going to end up paying more for everything. Okay. And a lot of times you let the creditors and the advertisers decide your priorities when it comes to these things. So just, you know, just, all right. So for sake of argument, you know, let's just say you've got a, you know, you've got a budget. When you look at your income and your bills, okay, it's even. Okay. The last thing you need to do is go adding obligations to that. Well, you know what? Everybody else has the big cable package. I want it too. 
you don't have the money for it. Okay? Oh, well, yeah, everybody else is taking these vacations. You don't have the money for it. You know, don't go signing up for things. Don't go subscribing to things if you don't have the money for it because all you're going to end up doing is then getting charged late fees and all these things. You're going to have to work even more to fulfill those obligations. So I think we all understand this with money. I, I thought about taking time, but I just I knew I wasn't going to have time to just kind of do some visual on that. But I think, do we all get that concept? You got to look at your income and what you got going out. If you got more going out than you got coming in, you got a problem. Okay? And if you don't have enough coming in, you either got to figure out a way to get more money coming in or to make less money going out. And every time you sign up for something, you are adding an obligation. Nobody's making you do that. Nobody made you get the cable package. Nobody made you get the high-speed internet. Nobody made you get the cell phone. <gasps> are you saying we can't have a cell phone? Listen, if you can't afford a cell phone, don't get a cell phone. Just get an Obama phone. All right? They've got the, you know, the, they, they, got, they got those out there. But and let, don't let the creditor tell you what you can afford. Well, I'm, I'm always amazed at how rich you know, people act like I am when I'm like, you go to a bank trying to buy a house. Oh, yeah, you know, you're proof for this. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't, I can't do that. You know, the car dealer tell you, you can afford this zillion-dollar car payment. I was like, no, I can't. It's like... You know, I'm glad you all think I'm that rich, but, you know, I'm not. I, I know my budget. I can't do it. They, they don't, it's like, are you guys not factoring in I have eight kids? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't afford that. I, I know that I can't. But here's what you got to understand, all right? And this is where I'm applying all these things to family. When you start a family, you need to understand you just signed up for obligations and responsibilities. The, and and you ha you've signed up for things that others do not have, and you are expected to fulfill those obligations. It's a big deal. Getting married, that's a huge obligation. If you're a single guy, you can afford to do a lot of stuff that married guys can't afford to do. You've got the money, for sure, and you've got the time. Hey, when you start having kids, you've got new obligations. Hey, and just like we, I, I remember when I, I was working at Walmart in Spring Valley, one of the guys I worked with, he went and bought a truck that cost as much as he made in a year. And I thought, that is so dumb. You're going to be in this place for a year for that truck. That's all you're going to get out of it. But you know what? He was single and living at home. He didn't have, you know, I had two or three kids at the time and was married. So you know, he's able to do that, but I can't. I literally can't do that. It would be morally wrong for me to do that. You know why? Because I have other obligations and we've got to understand when you sign in and when you get involved in this family thing, you can't do what other people do. You've got, you've got some obligations. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church, for we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and let the wife see that she reverence her husband. Folks, that is a big, big responsibility that you just signed up for. 
You know, just like when you go and you sign up for to get a mortgage, okay, if it's like most people, 30 years. That payment you're going to make, are you sure you want to do that? 30 years, a lot of times. And you're committing to that. You know, that car that you're wanting to get, that they're telling you you're approved for a seven-year loan, you know, at $600 a month, all right, do you want to be paying $600 a month in seven years for a seven-year-old car that isn't as pretty anymore, probably has a dent in it, that the kids have destroyed? I might feel pretty good when it's brand new and you're doing that, but then, you know, month 83, like, this is, this is stupid. You got to think about those things. That's what you signed up for. Okay. You committed to that and you need to fulfill that obligation. You know, and so understand when you get married, you signed up for a massive obligation where you're supposed to put that wife above yourself. When you have kids, you've signed up for a massive obligation that's going to take a great deal of your time. Ephesians 6, 4, you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And folks, that requires a lot of time. Okay, And you just getting your wife pregnant so that she can bring them into the world is not you fulfilling your obligation as a husband and as a father. You just signed up for a ton of work. And again, like I said last week, it's worth it. It's worth it. But you know what? If you're just going to fly by the seat of your pants through this whole thing, it's going to be a mess. It's not going to work out. You're going to start this thing. You're not going to finish it. And let me tell you something. When it comes to building this house, I think I said this in the first week too. I want to have the original parts. I want to end this family with the same wife that I started with. I want to end this family with all the kids being my kids. Not with my kids and kids that belong to some other guy too. You know, I, I, I want... I want all the original parts, okay, when, when it comes to this family. And so, when it comes to family time, all right, here, here's just some things to put into perspective that a lot of people aren't thinking of. Okay, because again, you're not a victim if you don't have time for some things. You signed up for this when you got married and started having kids. So, for a dad, think about it. You've got a minimum of 16 years before they even start bringing in any income, and, you know, everything they need. You know, you have them growing boys. You know, their toes are sticking out the front of their shoes because they're too small. You know, you cut the ends off to make them look like sandals or whatever. You know, when, when, when they don't have a job, guess whose responsibility is to buy them those shoes? Okay, you know what? You're probably not going to get those name brand clothes anymore. You know, you went, once you start having those kids, you're probably not going to do like some in here and go get a tailor-made suit, you know, for yourself. So you can look all you know sharp on, on Easter. But hey, you're, you're probably not going to be able to do that. Okay? Me and the boys, we got new suits. Guess who's cost the least? <laughs> you know, mine. And, and my wife bought it for me. You know, that's how poor I am. Okay? You know, my, my wife, she was nice and bought, bought me a suit. But, you know, understand, you know, I'm glad I didn't have to buy, I, but I didn't buy either of those boys new outfits this Easter. We used to have to do that. So if they want to spend more, that's fine. They, they haven't signed up for any of the obligations that I have. So you know what? I'm not going to look at Jason like, man, he got to go get this nice suit, you know, made just for him. I'm not going to look at that and be like, man, I, what's wrong? Lord, why are you shortchanging me? You know, he's able to do that and I'm not. You know what? 
I signed up for it when I married her and when I had him and, and all the things that have drained my finances <laughs> over the years. And, you know, and I'm glad they're pulling their own weight now. That's good. But 16 years of buying their food. And you know what? You need to spend quality time with each of them. You might not get to spend as much time golfing as you used to. You know, and you, or hunting or whatever it is, the things are you're into. You know, you need to take the time to do, you know, make birthdays special. You ought to do something special for their kids on your birthday. But you got to plan these things, folks. You got to plan on it when it comes to your time, when it comes to money. You got to be thinking about these things. When you're wanting to use one of your paid days off for a mental health day because you're stressed out, you need to think about the fact that, wait a minute, I might want to take a day off from one of my kids' birthdays. You got to be, you got, but you got to plan. These things. Most people, they just get up this morning. I don't feel like going to work today. And then here it is, you know, a couple months later, and they're like, I, you know, I, yeah, I took a day off for my wife's birthday, you know, and I got fired. I mean, what am I supposed to just ignore my wife on her birthday? No, you plan for those things. You prepare. But you know what? It's not that you, you know, that was just the final nail in the coffin. It was the 14 mental health days that you took because you were stressed out because your ball team lost the game last night. And you stayed up late watching. You couldn't sleep after suffering, you know, the mental anguish of seeing them lose. You know, it was your fault because you, you read one of Trump's tweets and he triggered you. And, you know, you, you, know you, had, you had to take a mental health day because of that. Not because you took a day off for your wife's birthday. Folks, you have to plan for these things. And, and a lot of pe- parents... They're just so busy. Their life's so chaotic. Oh, yeah, you know, our kid's birthday came and gone. We just, we just didn't have time to do anything. Well, shame on you for being so irresponsible with your time. Oh, we, you know, we just didn't have any money. Well, you know, shame on you for being so irresponsible with your money. You knew they had a birthday coming. Well, kids, they start talking about their birthdays, you know, weeks and months before they even come. I mean, sometimes kids be like, you know, Dad, it's like 247 days. It's going to be my birthday. You know, all right, great. You know, but they're excited about these things. Make a big deal about it. You need to play with them. You need to take the time to teach them things. You know, moms, okay, you know, ladies too, they can be really bad about feeling like victims sometimes. But, you know, just understand, you know, when you get pregnant, nine months of pregnancy, we talked about that last week. Okay, nursing, you know how much time nursing takes? Okay, you know, you will spend, I mean, how, how many hours a day do you think moms, how, how many hours a day do you, six, seven hours a day nursing? I'm glad I am a man. <laughs> but uh, you know, that is a huge, huge responsibility. You've got the cooking for everyone. And folks, you're going to be doing this for years. Okay? I mean, you know, and if you do a good job raising your girls, you can get them helping you after they get to a certain age. But, you know, those first kids, that first group of kids you're having, they're all work. You know, and it, it can take several years before they're actually helping out at all, but, you know, cleaning up after them, you know, and, you know, and dads can help with a lot of these things. Dealing with sicknesses and fevers, kids get sick. And you know what? You got to take care of them. You know, you've got to, we've been up late before giving them those, you know, cool baths to try to get their fever down and things like that. Standing there holding the bucket for them and while they're puking. I mean, all these, all these things. These things take a lot of time, and you're responsible for them. Oh, I don't understand. I got to spend my day nursing kids, you know, cleaning up puke, doing all this stuff. Well, you know, while you know, my friend on Facebook, you know, I see her. She's spending all her time just taking pictures of herself, traveling here, traveling, doing that. Well, you know what? She doesn't have any kids. 
Or maybe she's got one kid that she's given to the public school system to, and they're going to take care of them all day. You know, so she's able to have a lot of fun stuff right now. But, you know, I get it. Your sacrificing is tough. I think it's worth it. You know, because chances are, if you stick with us and do right, your kid's going to turn out good where theirs is going to get a sex change or something like that. You know, by the time the public school system's done with them. So, you got to understand that you sign up for these things. And I'm telling you, they're worth it. But kids take a ton of time. And so I'm just saying all this, that if you're just going to fly by the seat of your pants, life is just going to slip away from you. You're going to miss opportunities. You're not going to do, get to do the things you want to do. You know, you need to have activities. Kids need something to look forward to. They need something to look forward to, you know, things to keep them busy, things to wear them out. You know, and there is, there's no way you're going to fulfill these obligations if you don't have a plan. Okay, we all need breaks. But you all understand too, you got to plan for the breaks. You got you got to plan on them. We see we're not going to read the scriptures in the Bible. They had all kinds of sabbaths, not just a weekly sabbath, they had sabbath weeks. They had a sabbath year for their fields. But folks, here's the thing about that. I've heard people just, you know, like when the lockdown happened, they're like, "Oh, well, you know, the world needs a sabbath." Okay, the world needs a Sabbath, but you have to plan for them. You can't just all of a sudden one day declare, hey, we're giving everybody a Sabbath. Well, wait a minute. You, know, you have to plan for that. Okay? Back when they would do these things, it was a part of their system. They knew it was coming. They prepared for it. They were ready for it. They had a plan. You can't just spring these things on people. And yet we've got people today, they're just, that's what they, they, they want time off. They want vacations, but they don't have any plan. You've got, you've got to plan these things. Otherwise, it's not going to get done. We need to take time to enjoy uh, and appreciate the things that we've accomplished. You know, we see in Genesis chapter 2, it says, and On the seventh day, God ended His work which He had made, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it He had rested from all His work, which God created and made. You know what God was doing? God was taking the time to enjoy His creation. And you know what we've got today is we've got a lot of people that are doing good things. You know, it's good to get married. It's good to have kids and to start a family. But you know what they never do? They never actually take some time to enjoy them. It's just a constant source of stress. It's a constant source of turmoil for them. You know, and it's like they're constantly just upset and, in and, and you know, full of anxiety because of all the things that life are throwing at them. Oh, my kids got sick. You know, my kids, you know, they're stressing me out with homeschooling. We got all this. Did you think those things weren't going to happen? Did you really think that you were just going to plop your kid down in front of a book and they were going to read it, remember it all, and then just be downloaded with all the information of the universe? No, it's work. Listen, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction drives them from him. You're going to have to spend time spanking your kids, punishing them, correcting them. It's hard. It's emotionally draining. It's, it's physically draining. And we've got a lot of people, they are, they're, they're going through the motions, they're fulfilling these obligations, but they're stressed out, they're miserable, and they're never actually enjoying these things and you know what god didn't tell you to just have you know get married and have kids to make you miserable 
These things are supposed to make you happy. But because we are just have kind of this, you know, uh, careless attitude about these things, we have no plan, we prepare for nothing, people are stressed out and miserable. That is not what God intended. And I'm here today to tell you that you need to, you need to make plans. You know, one of the things that we had to do, uh, you know, when we were, we were tired of, you know, having just kind of some of the financial problems we were having, we sat down and we made a budget. And, you know, we argued a ton. My wife had a really tough time being submissive, you know, during, during that time. And you know what? And here's the thing about that. You say, well, you should have had her listen to some sermons about, you know, rebellious women and stuff. No, here's the problem with that. Okay, I, you know, she had every reason to not, you know, trust me when it came to, you know, getting on board with the Dave Ramsey program. Because, you know, we had been married for like five or six years at the time. And it had been, you know, financial nightmare the whole time. Okay. You know, now what she didn't understand is that when I read the Dave Ramsey books, I had truly gotten saved financially speaking. <laughs> you know, I saw the light, you know, after reading those books and no, no, we really got it this time. And we did, we did. But you know what? It was several months before she was like completely sold on it. And I think one of the things that got her sold on it was when it came time to buy our license plate sticker and it wasn't an emergency. It didn't go on the credit card. It was like, wow, that's never happened before. You know why? Because we'd actually had a balance sitting in our checking you know, for several weeks that normally we would have spent, but because we had a plan, we didn't. And without any stress, with the, except the stress of going to the DMV, you know, which is always stressful, we went and we bought that thing and it wasn't even a problem. I remember when it finally all ended, we had paid off all our debt. And I remember the tires on our van were going bald. And you know what? We had money saved. And we went and paid cash for new tires. And we were just like, this is amazing. You know, the saved life, financially speaking, is wonderful. <laughs> you know, and you know, now that we've repented of our sins of you know, bad finances and no, not planning for anything, you know, it, it, was, it was a great thing. And, you know, and the thing is, there's a lot of people that are doing, you know, we're, they're all doing the same things. You know, we all have to pay for certain things. We have certain expenses. But some people, it's no big deal. Some, it's major turmoil. You've got some people, they're having kids. You know, you've got two families having kids. One, those kids are a great source of joy. Another one, it's just turmoil for them. What's the difference? A lot of times, it's a, it's a, it's a problem of just mismanagement. They're letting you know, life run them instead of them running life. And we've got to understand that you know, anybody who gets married, they're going to have challenges. Anybody who has kids, there's financial things they're going to have to deal with. But you know what? There's some people that are ready for them. There's some people that are prepared. It's kind of like going to a battle. You know, when you go to a battle, you know, you've got some people, they're freaked out. They get, they get scared. But you've got some like, this is what I've been training for. I'm ready to go take somebody down. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, bad things happen. You know, unexpected happens. But, you know, most of the things that are killing us today, most of the things that are destroying families today are things people should have been ready for. You should have known you were going to have to nurse those kids. You should have known you were going to have to clean up puke every once in a while. You should have known you were going to have to teach them and that they were going to, some of your kids were going to act dumb. 
You should have known, you should have known, you should have known that that kid was going to go through a rebellious phase in his life and you're going to have to do some serious training. You should have, you should have known. I mean, the Bible says, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. That tells me every Christian is going to have some problems. And I believe every kid's going to have some problems and going to need a spanking in a time or two in their life. But yet, people, they go through these normal life things and it's like, I don't know what to do. It's like, like God did something wrong. No, you should have been ready for this. And I think part of the problem is, again, we live in the world of social media where everything's fake. People are getting a false sense of reality. And again, you know, I think people took last week's message and thought I'm like discouraging large families and telling everybody to go buy birth control and stuff. I am not doing that at all. I'm not, I am not trying to discourage anyone from doing anything uh, when it comes to family. I'm just trying to give you a reality check. That way you can prepare yourself mentally, physically, financially. You need to, you know, prepare yourself. You know, you've got these, you know, shallow guys that, you know, the only reason they're interested in a girl is because of her looks. And you know what? You got to understand when you marry that girl and you get her pregnant, that shape's going to change. You know, it's just, that's part of it. You signed up for that. And then, you know, and then you got, and then you got these guys too. I've heard preachers say this before. It's like, you know what? That wife, she ought to look the same way, you know, she did when you married her, you know, 10 years later. You crazy? Hey, half the time it's men saying that too. They don't look the way they did, you know, 10 years <laughs> or when they got married. But either way, it's like, what is, what is wrong with you? You know, but, you know, they're, they're looking for that combination, well, you know, combination of, uh, you know, Sarah in the Bible, you know, who calls her husband Lord, but, you know, looks like Wonder Woman. And it's just like, you know what, that's, that's not how it is. You know, that's, that's not the way these things work. And it is, it's people are not living in reality. And it's causing problems. So the main thing everyone needs to get from this message is just have a plan. Prepare yourself. Life is going to throw you so many curveballs and we've got to be ready for them. And the truth is, most of the things in life that throw us off our game are things we should have seen coming. Your kids are going to get older every year. They're not always going to be babies. You know, one day they're going to be teenagers. One of these days they're going to be adults. These days are coming. I recommend you start, you start getting ready. I recommend that you start preparing and uh, because we don't want to start this tower and not finish it. Let's get it done and get it done right. So let's pray. Dear Lord, pray this message was a help and encouragement to everyone. Pray a blessed service coming up the next hour. In your name we pray. Amen.